It's time for the Creative Real Estate Podcast, your source for out-of-the-box real estate investing strategies brought to you by ecospace.com. Now, here's your hosts, Adam and Jason. Welcome back to the Creative Real Estate Podcast. I'm your host, Adam Adams, the win-win solution maker. And I've got Ben Walker on uh, on Skype here with me. Uh, actually, we're using Zoom. But I've got Ben Walker with me, and what he's doing is pretty awesome. And what I want us to get out of it is really to dive into his business, the type of business that he's doing, and talk about how he creates systems, how he finds people, and how he has been able to scale his business. Because when we look at all sorts of real estate businesses, we need to be hosting these and using these as a actual as a business. So if it doesn't matter if you're buying apartment buildings like I am or if you're being a fix and flipper, if you don't treat it as a business, it's just a hobby and you're not going to have any success at all. So I got Ben Walker on and he does transcription services. Um, so he does like medical, legal, financial, etc. And he basically transcribes the content in and does it really quickly. It makes some good money. And the story of how he got into this is pretty uh, interesting. I'll share just a tiny bit of it with you and let him say the rest. But basically, he was doing mortgages and real estate um, as an agent. And then one day he said, you know what, I'm going to do a fix and flip. So he got into this fix and flip. It was 2008 and he was killing it and then it killed him. So basically what happened is uh, he ended up living in his fix and flip. And these days he's, he's found a way to get some income into it as an Airbnb. We're going to learn a lot from Ben Walker. But with that said, Ben, would you just fill in the blanks? What did I miss? Thanks for having me, first of all, Adam. Uh, that you got it pretty right. That's the shortened version of kind of how I ended up here. I had uh, two sets of plans approved by the city of Denver. One was for a pop top and the other was to blow out the back and add on a master suite, a much more simplified version. And then I chickened out cause the stock market had taken such a, a dive that I didn't want to sell stocks to invest in real estate that was kind of leveling out. I got lucky and found a house in Wash Park that was in foreclosure and I got it the day it went on the market. So my buy number was good. It was the part that selling the stocks to put into real estate that wasn't as of a sure thing as it was then and is now. Mm. Then I ended up in medical transcription and kind of forgot about the flip because I wanted to concentrate on one thing at a time and not try to spread myself too thin. Uh, and then about a year ago, I was at a happy hour with a buddy who does real estate investing. He had a house across the street from Harvard Park over by Porter, and he has a carriage house that he uses as an Airbnb. And so we started talking, and I have a separate entrance to my basement. I said, oh, man, I don't. why am I not doing that? So I hired some contractors, remodeled my basement and started using it as a Airbnb income stream in mid-March of this year. Okay, great. So about five, six months, you're going on six months and how's that working out for you? Oh, it's been phenomenal. It's one of the best decisions I've ever made. Uh, well, how much did it cost you to do the renovations that you talked about a, mo a moment ago? Including the furniture, I was all in for 20000 Okay. So uh, all of a sudden you get this great idea because you, your buddy is, you know, in the neighborhood, he's doing the same thing. And you say, I've got this um, entrance, a second entrance, separate entrance in my basement. 
I should do this. So you put out the 20K. Uh, what is it doing for you now? So how, how are you, how much money are you making doing that? Uh, last month, I got a little over 3,000. This month, this month I'll get uh, right around 3,000. Uh, the preceding months were 2,600 and 2,700. It's grown every month. Okay, so I feel just by kind of looking at what you've told me so far that you're making more than a 100% return this year. You put in 20 and you're getting probably like 30K at the end of the year. Yes. That's pretty incredible. So I, I really like that. How, so you said 2,600 to 3,000 per month. So what is it per night? And, and what are the, your Airbnb clients getting? Uh, my minimum is $80. And there is an algorithm that Airbnb has that will move the price up and down according to supply and demand. I set my minimum at 80. They suggest I set it at 50, but I'm getting bookings at 80. So I'm keeping it at 80. And, you know, like I mentioned my buddy before, he said if you go too low, you're going to get some people you probably don't want. And I, I don't want to go there or even experiment with it. I've had some people that they didn't wreck anything, but you know, they smoked inside and that's not very cool. And it's kind of against the rules. Well, it is against the rules, but they did it anyway. And being part of my house, I can smell it and that kind of sucked. But you know, those things happen. Um, they get 350 square feet, a full uh, three quarter bathroom. And the bathroom is about, oh, probably a hundred, no, 85 square feet. The rest is like, I call it an apartment has a fireplace that is not working, but there is a fireplace for aesthetics. Um, a little table, a coffee table, a 55 inch flat screen, queen size bed that I just bought. It's all new furniture, a couch, two people, a dresser, um, it ended been fully remodeled. I had an interior designer pick out all the furniture, the area rugs, everything. So it looks good. Nice. That's really cool. So I want to get into a lot of good information from the Airbnb. And if I, I do want to transition a little bit because when we were talking about your current business, well, first off, you got into it in a very interesting way. I remember you were saying you were, were sitting at dinner, I believe, with your parents. And they yeah, were talking correct. about somebody who's getting involved into this new transcription thing. And take it away from there, Ben. Yeah, I was at dinner with my parents a little over 10 years ago. And they mentioned that a friend of theirs was starting in medical transcription. And I wanted to be in it. I wanted to be in the healthcare industry. So I asked them if I could meet their friend and there he said, you know, that's fine, but you like, you don't even know this guy. You've never met him. I said, I don't care. I want in healthcare because after doing some research, I figured the healthcare industry would be something that would be very valuable and boom for a while. They let me contact their friend. We went to, we met when he was in Denver on a pretty long layover from an international flight. And three months later, we were signing articles of incorporation and, and getting the bank account set up and all that. Okay. So are you, so your partners, is that accurate? In a business in Omaha, I am a part owner. Transcription outsourcing here in Denver, I'm hundred percent owner. Okay. I broke, 
I eventually broke off from them three years in. Okay. Got it. Got it. Okay. So let's talk about um, what made you three years ago decide to break off and go on to your own here in Denver. Uh, they are a medical transcription only company. And I wanted to diversify into legal, law enforcement, academic, financial. They have some pretty large clients in the Midwest. They don't want to diversify, frankly, because they don't need to. Whereas I was small in Denver running my own show here. And we were losing medical clients due to some technological changes in the healthcare industry. I also didn't like being tied to one industry. I wanted to diversify so if things did continue to change, we wouldn't, you know, get hit really hard again. Got it. Got it. One of the things that I really thought was a good learning uh, moment for when we were talking about this before is actually you mentioned something that I think will probably stick with a lot of the listeners as well. And it, what that was is some of these uh, other people, some of them older, but just kind of rejecting a little bit of the uh, new technology in medical transcription that I guess what you and I were talking about is there's ways to leverage technology to allow you to do twice as much. And then there's some people that say, I would never do that. Why would you ever try that? But they're making half as much. Could you kind of uh, fill us in on some of that information? If I didn't tell the whole story already, could you fill us in? Well, yeah, it's the, how valuable is your time? And let's say you're an orthopedic surgeon and you make 500 bucks an hour, it, which is probably lower than what they actually make. But if that guy is then sitting in the computer and typing his own surgical notes, pre-ops, post-ops, any complications that come along during surgery, and he spends two hours a week, that's $1,000 where he could pay us to do that and spend maybe 150 bucks. I, I mean, and that's, I'm being you know conservative in my numbers there. He could also see more patients, do more surgeries, or go to his kid's you know, t-ball game or Pop Warner football game uh, instead of sitting at his computer trying to type himself or handwrite. Well, I don't know that any of them do that anymore, but you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. um, yeah, there are ways. There, there are recording apps on your phone. You can do it in your car. You can call an 800 number. There are apps. I mean, there are a ton of different ways to get it done faster and more efficiently. Great. So um, you got involved into this about 10 years ago and three years into it, you started your own. So it sounds like well, I would say safely seven years here in Colorado on your own. Is that right? Yeah, we're starting our eighth very soon. Okay. September 1st. Okay, great. So let's just talk about leveraging technology. What's changed? What was it like 10 years ago? And uh, what was it like five years ago? <laughs> 10 years ago, almost all our clients called in on an 800 number to dictate. So they would enter in a, a pin and a password and it would say, Dr. Jones, please start dictating. And they would press numbers on the phone, one to delete, two to save, three to rewind, four to fast forward, five to pause. Now, okay, so that's 10 years ago. 10 years ago, we also got um, schedules faxed to us a lot. So like let's say a surgery center would fax us their schedule for that day and it'd have 75 people. That way we spell their names right and get their birth dates right in the transcript so their medical charts are accurate and they all match up. 
Now no one faxes us. Very few people use the 800 number. Uh, and we don't talk to them that often. Everything's done via email or text. It's, it's changed a lot because of technology and advances in technology. Great. Awesome. I like that a lot. So what would, what is the most advanced thing that has changed recently or is about to change that you know of? Uh, I keep hearing rumors of multi-person voice recognition coming on. Mm. Um, and I've, I've talked with some companies that are in line with Amazon and uh, Google to use their beta programs. They're still literally in line waiting to be called. Got it. Got it. A lot of, a lot of good info. Um, so let me ask you something. If you could give me maybe two pieces of advice that have changed your business and that might change any other type of business, whether it's real estate, uh, attorneys, doctors, whoever, what are one or two things that, that uh, maybe advice that you've gotten or just things that you've been able to implement that have been really, really instrumental in your success? Uh, public relations is extremely important. If people don't know you exist, they can't buy your goods or services. And I didn't really know that till three and a half years ago. And the first firm I worked with kept trying to convince me to, you know, put my name and my face on everything. And I pushed back because I didn't want to make it about me. I wanted to make it about my company. But people don't relate with a logo. They relate with a person. So two and a half years ago, I hooked up with a different PR firm out of Fort Collins. And that guy pushed me, pushed me, pushed me until I finally put my name or my face on everything. That's helped a lot. So public relations is the first thing. And having a coach or a mentor, you can't, you shouldn't do any business without a mentor. I love it. Okay. So that is, that is really, really good advice. I want to touch on the public relations because actually I believe that some people are confused of how important PR is. Um, and some people actually would argue against it. I'm with you. And I want to just share a story, an example that I was at this mastermind with 30 of the absolute top multifamily syndicators in the, in the whole world. Actually, there was a, more than one state, uh, more than one country, but most, most everybody was from the U.S. And somebody got up, he has, um, you know, a little over 100 doors and he was asking, right now, where do I go? His question is, do I brand myself or do I brand my company? And immediately I screamed out, I said, you, it's, you brand you 100%, there's no question about that. And there was two or three people that challenged that. And I understand that some people feel one way or the other. I, I don't know, those, for those people watching, I'm, I'm branding my company behind me, obviously. I'm branding the podcast behind me. Um, and Blue Spruce is something that I want everybody to know. But really, I, I said the same thing to them when three incredible people, multi-multi-millionaires, uh, turned to me and said, nope, you got to brand the company. They had some good advice. They said, you have to brand the company because right now, one of them says, I'm selling my company. And because I branded myself so well, I'm having to find a way to unbrand me and brand the company because I'm selling. And I get it. If that's your goal, 
there's something to think about. The other two people that had, uh, who challenged that, I don't think that their arguments made much sense at all. I would say you don't look at a logo in the eye. You don't see a facial expression or a smile from a logo. But you see the whites of our eyes right now, this is the way if you really want to start building connections and going further and farther, you've got to understand how to brand yourself, who you are, especially if you're a real estate agent and you're listening, or perhaps if you're a medical transcriptionist, if you're really branding yourself, it doesn't matter if you're hanging your license with K-Dub or Blue Spruce or any other real estate company. If you ever decide to move, your, your whole entire, I call it personable or um, social equity, all of the capital, all the equity that you own goes with you wherever you go and you can hang your license anywhere. So I think there's a lot of, I, I know I went off on a tangent and thank you, Ben, for allowing me to do that. But it is so important, like you said, PR is one of the most important things you can do. And I would always brand yourself absolutely over top of branding your company. Your company can come along with you, but nobody, nobody even knows what Grant Cardone's company name is. Not one single person knows what his company name is, but almost every single person knows who he is. Most people don't know or care how many companies that Gary Vaynerchuk is involved in, but most people know who Gary Vaynerchuk Chuck is. Same thing with Tony Robbins. Same th we could keep going on and on and on. Most of the people that have made it very, very big in this space, you know their name, but you don't always know their company. You got to brand yourself. All right. So that and having a coach and a mentor, could you give us one more uh, piece of advice? And I, I love the coach mentor thing. I think that every single successful person that I've ever met has a coach or a mentor or actually has multiple coaches or mentors. Is there one other thing that you think um, has changed your business and could change someone else's? Search engine optimization is huge. Got it. How, how do you do SEO? How do you do that for your... Um, we do a lot of guest authoring, uh, guest appearances like this on podcasts. Um, we, I, I mean, I have someone who does my on-page SEO. I have another person that does my off-page SEO. And that's coupled with PR because PR is all the time thinking about SEO. It's in the background of everything. So the guest authoring, the guest mentions in different kinds of uh, trade magazines or websites. Oh, man. We do a lot of social media, Twitter, Facebook, LinkedIn, that is also in the background for social or for search engine optimization. It's all part of each other. And it all starts with PR, to be honest with you. It's their branches of PR. Awesome. I don't think it matters what business you're in. PR, coach, mentor, SEO, social media, this, this stuff is important. doesn't matter what business you're in. If you're a real estate investor, a fix and flipper, it doesn't matter. This was all very important. And we've learned a lot from you so far. It's time to get into the final five. So I've got five questions and I'm going to get to them. But first, a quick word from our sponsor. This episode of the Creative Real Estate Podcast is brought to you by both you 
and brought to you by the show itself. And we just wanted to say thank you, Jason. I really appreciate having you as a listener. And we have an ask. We've got a quick ask. If you have uh, been listening to the show for a little while, you love the show, and you haven't taken the time to leave a rating and a review, I just wanted to ask to see if you wouldn't mind uh, going into iTunes and doing a written review as well as a rating. Um, so that's our only ask. Let's get back to the show. All right. Usually the first question, Ben, is your most creative deal. I know that we've done one deal and we've gotten into a lot of the the ins and outs of this Airbnb that's in your basement. We've talked about it was 20K. We talked about how you're going to make more, probably more than 30K this year um, and in the first year. Is there any other parts of getting into your creative deal that you think we could share with the listeners? Um, man, that's a good question. <laughs> I haven't gotten that one yet. <laughs> Don't go overboard on the remodel. Uh, I may have spent a little more than I needed to, a- including the furniture. I bought really nice furniture. It it hasn't been beat up, but I also don't think I needed that nice of stuff. You know, okay. I've got a leather couch in there that costs a couple thousand dollars. Like that. Yeah. So don't you call might you work. might have been able to spell, spend twelve or thirteen k and not twenty, and and still made pretty similar money. Yeah, I'd say fifteen to be conservative. Okay, got it. Yeah, that's really good advice. I'm, I'm glad I asked the question. So the next question for you is, what is a book that you recommend to the listeners? I just read Relentless, Good to Great. That's a great book. I don't, have you heard of it? No, I haven't, but I'm making a note, Good to Great, Relentless, and, uh, and I'm going to have to look it up right after this. Tell me, tell me what was your biggest takeaway from that book? It talked about persistence and it's, it's a knockoff or not a knockoff, but it goes in conjunction with the book called good to great. And it's, this one's called relentless good to great. And he cites him quite a bit in the book. It, um, I'd say the overall takeaway is persistence and not giving up. And I know that that's cliche and everyone says that, but learning from your mistakes and continuing forward, not letting think your setbacks truly set you back. They're learning opportunities. They're not true setbacks. Absolutely love it. So we talked a little bit about where you were five years ago, and that was involved in your business. And, you know, technology was changing. For It was changing from 10 years ago to five years ago to, um, to now. Is there... This question, it's actually my favorite question. It gets um, into your life of, of where were you exactly five years ago? So we've talked a little bit about the business. So we'll talk where else were you five years ago? And then the next, it's a two-part question. The next part is just where will you be in five years from today? I'd say five years ago, I didn't have enough uh, complete focus on the company's goals and where it would be in five years. That's changed more on a quarterly and annual basis and really getting down to why didn't we get this or how are we going to get this? When are we going to get this? It's more focused now than it, or I'm more focused now than I was before. Perfect. And uh, tell me about your vision for what's happening in 2023. Hopefully, I won't need to be in the office anymore. I'll get to spend more time on the water 
somewhere in the world and vacation a little bit more. Um, I shouldn't say hopefully. I will be. How will, how will, what will you do to, to get there, to get yourself out of the business but still making money with it? Well, we actually hired a salesperson today. So hopefully that she's going to run with that and knock it out of the park. Um, she has a ton of good experience, so I'm confident this is going to work out. Or hiring more people also to help fill in in the office because we are getting busier. We need more workflow management personnel here. Awesome. Uh, a lot of good stuff. So my next question, how do you give back? I volunteer um, on a couple different friends um, organizations that they've started or their wives have started. They're good friends of mine. I trust them. I trust that the money is going to the place they say it's going to. Sometimes that doesn't always happen. And I like them. So I, they ask for help and I help them. Thank you. Uh, I love that. Great answer. Uh, one, the, the very last question here um, is, is a pretty good one. It's just how, how do people reach you? But specifically, I'm, I, I know that I have people lis listening in over six countries right now, but most of them are here in Denver. You're in Denver. You do transcription services and you do it for medical, you do it for, for financial, academic, but I know you also do a little bit of real estate transcription as well as legal transcription. I have a feeling that at least one person listening today could use that service. So how do they find you? How do they find your company and get a hold of you? Thanks, Adam. They can find us online at www.transcriptionoutsourcing.net. I'm and writing that down. One second. Transcription no, servicing. No, transcription outsourcing. Oh, so I'm, I already got it wrong. Okay. Transcript, www.transcriptionoutsourcing.net. Dot net. Got it. And up in the top, there's a button that says contact us and they can fill that form out. Cool. All right. Well, thank you, Ben. Thank you for coming on the show. I really appreciate it. I know I got a lot of value from having you on the show and I know a lot of the listeners did as well. I appreciate your time. And until next time, Ben, think outside the box. Thank you so much for listening to the Creative Real Estate Podcast. And if you got value from this episode of the podcast, please take the time to leave us a rating and review on iTunes. Give us a written rating and a review. We'd really, really appreciate it. I'm going to let you go. But until next time, think outside the box.